feature and Kopanorate uh, is standing by to speak to us. But I'd like to, as as part of introducing uh, this uh, conversation, um, go to a particular young man. And during our conversation with Karen Dolly and uh, Zianda Stierman, um, we, we spoke about seeing community members stand up and uh, take a position to say they will not allow looting in their areas. I know of in my, uh, where I come from in Atridgeville, there's the Kasi brothers and what they're doing to protect the number of the malls there. But we also saw what was happening in Soweto, specifically outside of uh, Maponya Mall, where a number of, of community members, they're protecting uh, Maponya Mall and uh, the legacy of Ndade uh, Richard Maponya, but specifically one very, very vocal young man who uh, operates under the banner of Soweto Parliament by the name of uh, Ntlantla Lax was... I was honestly quite impressed with him. And the question that I had uh, listening to him and his care for his community and his constant reference to the elderly who are not able to access chronic medication or food in order to have their medication spoke a lot about his passion for his people. And I then pondered on the question of, you know, what kind of home does he come from? Parents does he have? Um, elderly people around him or himself, if at all he is a parent, how he parents uh, during this time of crisis, which is what we are going to uh, look at in conversation with uh, Professor Kopano Ratela. But before we do so, here's a snippet of what Ntlantalax um, um, had to say, and he is, as I mentioned, a young man from Soweto who, under the banner of uh, Soweto Parliament, has called on residents to assist in protecting Maponya Mall from looters. We're not going to compromise this township economy even further. There's no way that we'll make, we'll ruin up personal with our own resources, not government, not security, our own resources on the ground. We're going to ensure that this township economy is saved. Come out now, come out in numbers. And when you get here, don't look for me. Don't, don't want to have a conversation with me because the message is clear. We are here to protect and defend the township economy, Maponya being at the center of the township economy. The message is clear. Just park your car and come here. We are already on the ground with a lot of uh, 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 people on the ground, law enforcement, police, and so forth. Uh, I see even military has arrived. But I'm saying we are coming out in numbers to protect our township economy. Maponya is the heartbeat of this particular economy. It's, the, it's one of the biggest giants, biggest elephant. The elephant hasn't dropped, guys. They are still shooting at the elephant, but the elephant continues to walk, and it's our responsibility to ensure that we save this elephant because this elephant remains the heartbeat of our township economy. Ntantalax, Soweto Parliament. Kimoma Ponya. Danko. Ntantalax there in that audio from his Ntantalax YouTube channel. Much appreciated. His call to action for members of the community in Soweto to protect Namaponya Mall. Kopanoratele is a professor of psychology at Stellenbosch University, somebody that I'm glad to call a friend. How are you doing, Dr. Good evening. Do all right. Good evening, Kuketsu. Thanks for that clip by Atlanta Yeah. Parenting in a time of crisis. Uh, there are so many angles to this, uh, as usual, Ntate Ratele. Uh, you can parent by sitting behind the TV watching what is going on and having a conversation with your child or not. You could be in the middle of it all. 
behind the fence watching it happen. You could be part of the looters together with your kids. You could be sending your child to go and loot. Or you could be so far removed from it that you just could not be bothered. But we are parenting in a very, very difficult period in our country, irrespective of how we view and the theories that we have of what is going on. And what we are trying to do is, is bring to light that even even if you are so far out of it, even if you're not paying attention um, and you're not connecting the dots between being a parent and what the children or people who are children are doing, that somehow indirectly, if not directly, it's affecting you. So I asked around, I said to someone, so uh, parenting in, in times of crisis like this, what have you done? Um, and they drew my attention to, to, to some conversations on, on social media. One of them is an interesting, interesting one because it, it uh, points to one of these things that you, one of the experiences that you're pointing to. Somebody around was talking about something in Kluof in Durban, uh, but also other parts of the country. Says people are struggling to get milk for their children, for instance, mm. right? That's exactly the crisis this has caused. And, and how that compares to somebody who is sitting somewhere and not doing, doing anything or saying anything to their children or their child. Mm. There's, you know, one, one could easily think, Kopana, um, that the reference to the crisis is the now, but has also been in crisis. We've been in crisis where there's been parenting because of poverty, parenting because of prolonged decades of hunger. That in itself is a crisis, and a number of us have been parenting through that, which we cannot ignore and purely isolate what's going on as the crisis when we have had crises. It's important to underline this, Kokezo. I think it's very important that you are doing this. And earlier on, you, you, you said this to me in a note, um, that, the, that it feels as if you know, our country, uh, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm just elaborating on what you're saying, is in a state of permanent crisis. Sometimes the crisis flares up in forms of violence and looting. Uh, sometimes it's in Marikani, sometimes Andres Dadani, uh, sometimes taxi violence. So it flares up, it's visible, it's hot. But many other times um, it's cold, it's slow, uh, it's slow burning, but people are still dying, right? They're dying from all kinds of things that could be preventable. So there's a, there's a, a sense and it's not even, it's not uniform. For some people, it's much, it's much sharper, much more acute. There's a, a sense that we live in a country that is beset by crisis after crisis after crisis, and that's really important. Let me say this one other thing. Uh, after listening for this last two, three days and reading a lot of analyses, some very good, by the way, some I said, no, not quite, um, you know, but I'm 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 listening and I'm watching. I thought what I could do is is just say this, and 
and you had just mentioned this. Like I, you and I live. Uh, we have coffee at a place here, Old Mill, where I live in a suburb. I work as a professor. But between about 12, 11, 12, and age 20, I was already at university, uh, just about to graduate uh, at 20. I lived in a crisis. I was so hungry some days. Uh, this is what I posted. I was so hungry. Um, and I can tell you a lot of stories about the things I do that I don't want my son to do. But one of them is I remember going with uh, with Naku to Lem- Lemton Checkers. And Lemton is a suburb outside. It's about 20 minutes from Katlehong where I grew up, eating in a, from a garbage behind the checker shop, right? So hungry, I really believe that going to jail would help me. And that's the kind of crisis mm. that I lived with. And I was just reminding my mother today, uh, who lives in Fos Loras, I say, when, she, when she's on the, she says, people are, are just, you know, this is bad. I can't do anything. I can't buy bread. I can't buy te- uh, my medicine. But I said, you remember when, when I grew up, you, you know, uh, not making you feel guilty, but you were mm. not around. I know you, you couldn't be around. But I was so hungry that I could eat. I could be one of these people who are, who's looting, although I grew up in a family uh, which is praying, which is, you know, all kinds of values. But I, you know, I grew up in this crisis. And I can see that if we don't say this one part, that mm-hmm. parents and children live in crisis, and you have to think about that even as you think about, even as you condemn uh, uh, being critical against the looting. Yeah. I remember, I think it was last night. And, and again, just a reminder, please, um, myself and Kopano, can, <laughs> you can go. We can go on. But I, I'm, I'm really, really, and we are, uh, speak for the both of us, interested in uh, your views on, on what we're talking about. So please feel free to call on 011-714-2006. Kopano, firstly, I mean, let me say thank you for sharing a part of yourself very intimate part of yourself, a very dear part of yourself. Um, so thank you very much for that. And it, it makes a whole lot of sense and places a lot of context and understanding on what we are dealing with right now. And one of the, thing, one of the things that I shared with you um, during the day when we spoke is a video that I saw last night. Um, I spent a lot of time just looking at the videos around the protests and what is going on and the looting and and just trying to make sense of it. And I came across this video of this young man. That boy must be possibly eight or nine. Uh, No, you know, he's poor. You can see he's struggling. You can see by the clothes that he's wearing that it's rough at home if he doesn't live on the streets. And he was carrying a bag and he had been looting, or at least one gets a sense that he was. And there were certain people that came across him and they asked him what's in the bag. And he opened the bag and the first thing that he pulled out is underwear, sneakers, clothing. And you look at that And you think, okay, we can have the conversation about this little boy should not have done this and, you know, it's criminal and 
the intervention of the police and everything, right? What kind of home does he come from that they would let him be on the streets at this time? You can have that conversation. But there's also the other side, which is, he is poor. He is struggling. And he didn't go and steal Sony PlayStation. He's not carrying a Sony PlayStation in his bag. He's carrying somebody that something that he possibly has never had before. Or if he does, he hasn't had it new for many, many years. Underwear. Shoes. What do we say as adults? What do we say as parents? What do we say as fathers? With that reality which we cannot ignore. That, yeah, I'm sure SAFM listeners are sitting and listening to you. Some of them know exactly what you're talking about. We have dilemma upon dilemma upon dilemma in the country. Let me put this in another context, precisely this. So when I'm watching these images on social media and on television, Something strikes me, and this is something that I write quite a lot about, by the way, that I reflect on. So, you know, I'm fascinated. Every morning I wake up early before my family and I watch what's happening in this last three, four, five days. And I know how television works, um, perhaps even radio, when you listen to the news. So what fascinates us are precisely these images and reports of people going in and looting, whether it's a, a pair of sneakers or bread or even television and alcohol. But if you, if you are dedicated to the life of the mind analysis, you step back. Lenin said this a long time ago, but it, this, is, this is not academic. You step back and you realize that perhaps hundreds of millions, maybe even billions will be uh, lost to the economy. But you could have people looting without you seeing them on television. And this is exactly what happened in the country. Mm-hmm. People who are middle class, upper middle class, who earn millions a year, mm-hmm. right? Including presidents, including people higher up. But their looting could cost even much more, but because you don't see the visuals, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see the visuals, so you are not as aghast. You are not as uh, disbelieving about how can people do this? So. If you fail to realize that looting happens sometimes in not sometimes many times in municipalities and provinces in the country in the world where the rich loot societies, but you don't get this visceral reaction to it, you're missing the point. You're missing the point because the poor, like that boy who wants a shirt, cost the economy less, very little. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't mean we're excusing it, but you have to see this in a bigger light. You have to stand back and say, um, the rich sometimes get away with billions. I mean, you, you know cases, Benny Madoff, looting people, billions in New York. You know a guy called uh, Carlos Gorn, who's run away with money from Japan and, and, and got away to, to Lebanon. You know in this country, 
month after month, year after year, where people are looting this. So we have to say, put this in perspective. Put this in mm-hmm. perspective as a parent and tell and instruct and teach your children, not perhaps for now, but always for the future, about how to think about inequality, poverty, violence, looting and destruction. We'll take your calls on 011714-2006. Jay, you are in Durban. Thanks for your patience. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Jay. Hi. Uh, you sounded very, very low. Can you hear me clearly? Loud and clear, Jay. Go ahead. Good. Yes, and good evening to our class here. Yes, uh, definitely a very valiant point he brought up uh, and a very, very sad story about his upbringing. Uh, not his upbringing, the struggle that he went through and the challenges that he overcame and where he is today is quite historically, I can put him on a pedestal and say, here, there's somebody we can look up to. Yes, it's our upbringing, firstly, at home. Uh, that could have uh, been the drawback. We, uh, Our parents, grandparents, were very traditional. But in this world of ours today, it's become global. We have to evolve with everything that is happening with technology and advancement in lots of ways. But what I'm going to bring out very, very strongly, our African youth, youngsters, young ladies and children, I've noticed the most beautiful thing about them. They've got so much of talent. And the intelligence behind the way they uh, express themselves, maybe the English is not coming out that good. But if you listen carefully and watch, you can see it's there. But what I'm going to say, it's all been looted by our people that have taken control of our community, our people, people that we voted for and depended that these children, youngsters, will be brought forth in a very, very revolutionary way in this country and this world. My dad once said, Africa, especially South Africa, in another 50 to 60 years, the world is going to focus on us. They're going to focus on us in such a degree that one day we're going to pay about 50 rand a loaf for the bread. And here I am living to see that happen. But one thing my dad has taught us, respect every human life on this earth, regardless of the caste color of Crete and he said learn the language of the country and you will be safe yes and today I really really appreciate our youth I stopped them on the way they passing my house and encouraged them in many ways respect your language respect your parents and the greatest gift of blessing will come from your parents educate yourself don't give up your education Young girls, wait till you finish your education, have babies, and you've got a long way ahead. Have it. Jay Set in Durban, thank in you. Life. Yes. Thank you very much. Much, much appreciated, uh, Jay in Durban. In Kabeha, Nikita, thanks for your patience. Yes, um, hello to you and your team and your guests. Um, I would like to stay with this. I think. In South Africa, we are dealing with parents that were afflicted with a lot of, of, of hurt and pain and violence. 
we're coming from a very violent country. And I think as a nation collectively, we have undiagnosed PTSD, mm. right? And now coming to parenting, I stay in the township of, you know, Kadeha, formerly. And I see grandparents and grandparents parenting their grandchildren, maybe because the, the, the children passed away due to HIV, AIDS-related complications. Their children are under the age of 60, so they cannot receive a child support grant. Uh, I'm sorry, an age in old age. We don't have the, the best of line there. Nikita, you still there? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, well, you you cut out there. You are painting a picture of of the the community in which you live. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna and and now you have you you have um uh, wedges of 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 like the suburbs of Blota Bay, um Saint George's Strand, uh, the port of Mucha and other areas, but now these benefits are not are not filtering to the people, and if and you have a psychologist, then if you look at um. Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of need. The first need is a physiological need, and the needs for safety. But now, how can you parent in such an environment that is, let's say, is being, is being cannibalistic, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and there is a child in my neighborhood. I'm also unemployed, but I'm in a better position than they are. So I'm I'm, I'm like a parent now because they come to me to do homework to do. Uh, to get um, lunch and even their their grandparents come to I'm, I'm somewhat of a foster parent in that way because I can see the situation and these people have needs. They have unmet needs. Mm. And so I really believe that, I believe in social contracts, right? I believe that the most psychological world person is a person who cares for the other feelings of the person. I've forgotten now this psychological theory, right? But I'm no. saying that I think we have lost our moral uh, campus, the value of Ubuntu, the value of community. We have broken that social contract between other South Africans. Are we able to go in? Uh, if you live in the suburbs, I've lived in the north of Joburg, Midrand, and those were individualistic societies, but even those middle class people were suffering under, under consumerism says that go and buy the latest thing, be calling from your people. And now we have to ask ourselves, are we really, uh, are we, have, have we healed from the traumatic stress of so many um, violent regimes in South Africa? Yeah, we, I think, I think the point... You, you, you're very clear yes. there, Nikita, and, and, and my apologies for cutting you because we are, we are running out of time, but I think you're, you've made some, you've raised some very, very, very pertinent points, uh, there, questions which I would want Kopano to, to respond to, but before he, he does so, there's a voice note. Good evening. Uh, my name is Stanley from Port Elizabeth. Yes, I also saw the video of the boy and I was, I was shattered. I was heartbroken. Uh, one thing for sure is that we are not condoning looting. We are not saying that, or personal, I'm not saying that looting is good. But we have one politician who's able to steal 150 million. One person stealing 150 million, investing in himself. When that politician is able to see the struggles of people of Alexandra, the people in Soweto, yet one person is able to steal 150 million. I think for me, I think this is 
the ANC itself should sit down and reflect on themselves because they are to blame. And this democracy, I think we're living in a very, very sad democracy because our politicians are becoming richer and richer and the poor are becoming poorer. Thank you very much for your voice note there, Stanley. Kopano, in conclusion, I would want for you to please respond to Nikita. Some very important points that he's raising there. We cannot ignore the history that we come from, that our parents come from, that some of us grew up in, and how that contributes to who we are today. And he mentioned Abraham Maslow about, you know, uh, if people don't have this basic needs met, you can't expect them to, you know, to be self-actualized. This is what Abraham Maslow was said. And that's a really important thing that, that Nikita was saying. Thanks. And, and he's talking about trauma, but there's a long history of trauma right now. And sometimes it expresses in this way. So here's my last note. And I want to thank Jay and Stanley. Stanley was saying something else. And if, uh, if you want to have people like... Uh, Lux, right? Atlanta Lux, right at the beginning. You have to do this parenting uh, that we, we are, that Stanley is saying this. I am not certainly, and I know Kukis is not doing this, condoning looting. But you have to say, if you are the president or Alex Mashilu of the SACP or Greater Mantashe, I am condemning the looting that we are seeing right now, but also condemning the looting of the leaders of the African National Congress, but also in all municipalities. You have to do both. You have to teach your kids that justice is not only applicable to the rich, but to all of us. You have to do this constantly, again and again, so that when, so that the children will step up and say, I'm protecting Maponya because I understand this, that although he's rich, he has been supporting the community right here, right? You have to do this. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, Dada Radel. It's one of those, eh? It's one of those. Today you stepped into something else and he's living breathless, just thinking about the injustice of it, but also about being parents, trying to contribute our little bit to a future that is better for the majority of us, for all of us. Thanks for that. Good night. Appreciate you as always, Kopanoratele, uh, the professor of psychology at Stellenbosch University, and of course, a uh, part of um, this here journey and part of the meeting point team on a Wednesday. Appreciate all your calls. You, 